Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for they realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. I got to tell you, I love that y'all give me this segment. Um, Flounder just brought in Chinese, so I'm kind of distracted because this this Chinese smells like what I imagine heaven will smell like. It smells very good. Um, but So we start with some Bryce Young audio. He met with the media before practice, and one of the things we talk about when players get drafted is their adjustments from going from the college game to the NFL game. And the rookie quarterback said having home and away games is helping him find his routine at the pro level. You know, I'm trying to fine-tune it now. These having a home and an away game um, for preseason really helped of what I want that routine to look like. But it's right now it's still it's still uh, forming, it's still building. You try to take some of the stuff that I've been doing my whole life and figure out how it fits with the schedule. Wes, as a former player, how important is the home and away routine and how different was for you as a guy that played at the SEC level and in the ACC? Um, Yeah, it's important because a lot of guys, they make a lot about being at home, sleeping in your own bed and things of that nature. And you just having more of a solid routine at home. But I know those guys, they stay at hotels the night before the game. So it's not a ton of difference unless uh, the method that you travel when you go on the road, whether it's a bus or a plane or things of that nature. But I enjoyed uh, road games more than home games because of the travel aspects, getting on a plane, taking a bus, things of that nature, because you're training and your equipment people are going to take care of all of that stuff. So you don't have to worry about, oh, did I forget this or that, unless it's a personal item. So, uh, But he'll definitely have to adjust to that, no question about it. But I like the, the road routine better than home. What was your routine? Do you have anything crazy you did? Pre-game or like, I mean, just, you know what I want. I want the good stories of your routine. <laughs> or maybe how you weren't giving a routine because you were doing something and traveling. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm um, just asking questions. No, I mean, as far as like when I got into the locker room, especially on road games, I would go look at the program first and foremost. Then I put my clothes on a certain way. I would start with the pants, put on my ankle braces and all that stuff. At my little dry fit uh, top, and then I would go out and walk around the field, um, soak it all in, listening to my music. You know, I like to listen to stuff that would make me want to rip somebody's face off okay. uh, at all times. There was so no, not nappy roots, though. Yeah, no nappy roots is getting played at that point. <laughs> this is all uh, violence and aggression uh, at that point. That's what got me going. And um, other than that, man, I would chill. Sometimes I would see my mom pregame. She might be hanging out in the bleachers. I didn't really like to talk too much. I, I almost was like a method actor before games. I wanted to not be disturbed. I wanted to be a big jerk. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to laugh. Uh, you know, I looked my mom off when I was in middle school, actually. Oh, she no. She was, like, right by me, and I looked her off uh, as I was getting ready to walk on the field. She, she put an end to that? No, at that point, she knew what time okay. it was when I, like I was it. coming out there. She was like, no. She was like, I know he didn't want to be bothered like that. I'm going to tell you what. If I did that to my mom, hmm, it'd been the last time. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't have let that happen. She, she, she knew what time it was. No, but yeah, so that, it. that was it. That's all I really did. It's funny to hear Bryce Young talk about how important a routine is. I get it. It is. Routine yeah, is important. And he's a quarterback. But this is also the same guy that had the legendary story of going 30 minutes discussing his routine when asked about that at the pro day dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then by he, by him getting to 1 p.m. in his normal day routine, they're stopping. I'm like, okay, we get it. We got the routine. And so now here he is discussing how important it is to make sure he locks that thing down. Do you guys have routines in your work life? Because I do the exact same thing 
on the exact same day. Usually at the exact same time. I try to get a routine down, but it. I mean, every once in a while, I'll stick with one for a couple of weeks, and eventually something happens to the point where it's not as cemented down as I want it to be. Yeah, I'm fairly routine on work days as well. I have kind of the same order of operation that I do things. The time might change depending on what's needed that day, but as far as the order of operation, I try to keep a similar routine. Real quick, I wonder if it's just because our show has talked more about him than I have to imagine any other show has, but Jamal from Charlotte thought about the same rapper that you might be listening to before games as I did. He said Wes was listening to Pastor Troy before games. It's exactly who I think of. Yeah. If you want to do the whole, I'm going to tear your face off music, Pastor <laughs> Troy, number one, mainly because we've talked about it a lot. Uh-huh. There are other artists out there, but I go with Troy. No question about it. The anger, the vitriol in those rhymes definitely would, would get you to that place. He's Pastor so Troy angry. was heavy on the playlist pregame. Mom, I can't talk right now. I'm listening to Pastor Troy. <laughs> and she okay. knew it. She, she would joke sometimes. I forgot who she said she was telling it to, but she was like, look at him down there listening to that music <laughs> with all that cursing in it. All right, Fiddy, what else you got for us? All right, so Wes hasn't been shy expressing his doubt in Florida State returning to the national scene this year in college football and last week on the Joel Klatt come on, show. Come on, Joel. Joel Klatt also said, hey, I'm not a big believer in the Knowles either. Remember their win streak, Florida State's win streak? Big pause guy. Happened late, like the last six. Those teams were not good. You know how I know that? Blowout win against Georgia Tech, five and seven. Miami, five and seven. Syracuse, seven and six. They lost six of their last seven. Louisiana Lafayette, they were sub 500. And they had one score wins over Florida, sub 500 team, six and seven, and a sub 500 Oklahoma, six and seven to finish. By the way, that, that, Oklahoma game, that was a one-score game late. One-score win over Oklahoma. Oklahoma hasn't been sub-500 since John Blake. And you want me to anoint Florida State because they beat the worst Oklahoma team since John Blake? I can't do that. I can't do that. Not with Clemson still there. Not with Clemson returning their quarterback and Clay Klubnik. Not with Clemson getting better on defense. Not with Will Shipley still being there. Not with the game being in Clemson, in particular in the first month of the season. And not with Garrett Riley being the offensive coordinator at Clemson. Wes loved it. He was cheering on Joel Klatt from the sidelines, like his mom was cheering Wes back when he was playing football after listening to Pastor Troy. What do you think, Wes? Seems like you're pretty uh, pretty much in agreement there. It's about doggone time. Listen, man, I mean, if FSU ends up being good and makes me wrong, I'm not going to hate it because it's going to help the profile of the league. But at the end of the day, this is what I've been saying the whole offseason, and this is the first national pundit that doesn't go along with what everybody else says. Oh, I love Florida State. They're going to be great. The nose are back. It's 1995 all over again. No, it's about time somebody just took a look and gave a real uh, objective opinion about this team. Their three most important games on the schedule last year, they lost consecutively. So that makes me not a believer in you when you beat up on Patsies to end the year. And in your bowl game, like Coach, I mean, like Clatt said, that Oklahoma team, you, me, and Fiddy could have went out there and got 28 points off of that Oklahoma defense. So, no, they didn't. They didn't do anything that made me think that they're going to be some national power yet again. Now, could they come out and prove me wrong? Okay. They've got some good talent. Sure. Like I said, Jordan Travis is the quarterback. I feel like you keep him in the pocket. This is the guy that will struggle a little bit. 
And I'm glad Clack came out and said what he said because I've been saying it since uh, the end of last year. All right. So the only only pushback I would say is, yeah, the the two touchdowns, they were scored late against Clemson. So don't know if I would count that as a one-score loss. For yeah, that was a, those were some cheapies. Uh, NC State, 19-17. to 17. If we're going to say they only won by one scores, then do we do the losses? Is that fair to say that there was a one-score loss against NC State when they lost 19-17 to 17 on the road? And then we go to Wake Forest. They did lose by 10, still within reaching, still within striking distance, I guess. But you're right. Like, this is a team for me where I'm high on them. It's because it felt it felt like last year was a step towards what they could do. And that's respectable. I can respect that. If you can see these other teams getting better and then they return all these guys and now they have some winning experience. They took care of business against the opponents that you are supposed to beat while putting up fights against Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, maybe a foe. Well, Wake dominated most of that game. Florida State, again, they came and got a couple of cheapies down the stretch. So maybe last that's why I think Florida State's going to be good. Mm -hmm. It's because I think last year was a step. And this is the year where they're going to put it all together. But I still have to agree with you guys about Clemson being the better team because I'm not going to go against Clemson when last year was a down year and they still win the ACC championship. Let's move on. Last thing you got for us, video part of the live wire before we go to break. All right. So I was debating on what cut I wanted to play and we're going to go with my last cut. The NBA season, it's still two months away. But if Bobby Marks has proven to be correct, I'm already ready for the association to return. He joined Barton Hunt on 98.7 ESPN New York on Friday <laughs> to express his belief that the New York Knicks are contenders to go to the NBA Finals this upcoming year. Certainly, I think the East is a little bit weaker maybe than in prior years. I think the West is certainly um, is probably the dominant conference right now. But listen, you go to you lose to Miami in, in the second round. You bring back every player on that roster. You add Dante DiVincenzo here, and I think I think there's I think there's a lot of parity in the Eastern Conference here. And I think I think barring an injury to you know one of their uh, main guys here, um, I think we sh- we should be talking about New York when it comes to representing the, the Eastern Conference. And and who knows what happens during the regular season? And you, you guys have talked about it at length. I mean, they've got everything out there to go out and make a trade if, if somebody becomes available here. So. Yeah, I just I I think we should be talking about them like we talk Milwaukee and Boston and in Miami. Well, Philadelphia has changed the calculus as the top three teams because of what's going on with James Harden and Daryl Morey right now. James Harden said, oh, you don't think I'll take a flamethrower to this entire thing? Bet. (laughs) And now he's making comments all sorts against Daryl Morey. Liar. I mean, this is what's going on. And now Joel Embiid is changing his bio on Twitter. Mm. Wants to be a Nick. Troel and Bead is what he, how is he going to Troel next time? That's what I wonder. So if Philadelphia is out of the mix, Boston is a team that changed their roster a little bit. They got rid of Marcus Smart. You could argue the heart and soul of that team. Now he's in Memphis. You get Chris Stapps Porzingis, I think already battling an injury and maybe had an outlier year last season. Good one, but maybe outlier in Washington. It's not inconceivable. I don't know if I agree with the take about Eastern Conference being worse than in previous seasons, but this offseason, maybe you do expect Boston to take a little bit of a step back. Maybe you do expect Philadelphia to take a step back. Uh, yeah, I, it's not crazy to me. At first, it seemed like it, and then I start to look. Well, man, James Harden's out here taking a flamethrower. Does he go out to the Western Conference? I see a path, Wes. Uh, maybe so, but I'll believe it when I see it. The Knicks just had uh, – they just – 
continue to disappoint. I'd love to see meaningful playoff games in the garden, but uh, I'm not buying it. Nick Fitty is like Carolina football. He's a sleeping giant. If they get awakened, awoken, whichever way you're supposed to say that, I think I, I think Walker <laughs> would embrace Nick Fitty. I, I think I would. I think I would embrace Nick Fitty. Because all right now you say, oh, the product is unwatchable. Oh, that's but if, true. If the Knicks were good, maybe you wouldn't say that nearly as much. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. 